Today's scripture reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9. Praise to God for a living hope. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How many of you are feeling scattered today? How many of you have been felt scattered for the last few weeks, last few months? Now, your definition of scattered might be different from someone else's, and it might change from week to week and month to month. Scattered physically, scattered socially, scattered work-wise, scattered classes, scattered families. You can finish it any way you want. Scattered. I'm Pastor Linda, one of the pastors here at Cornerstone, and I know I have been feeling scattered for a number of months now. And that's why I am so excited about this new sermon series. It's from First Peter four weeks long, and Peter was writing to a people who were scattered and suffering. It's a letter to believers back at his time, 62, 64 CE, and for us today. And as we head into God's word, let us pray together for um, God to just lead us. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, open our hearts, open our minds, open our souls to what you want to teach us. From Peter. And I pray that we may be strengthened and encouraged as the believers were so many years ago. Amen. So, Peter, one of the disciples, and if you've read any of the Gospels, you know some things about him. He was originally a fisherman, he uh, was one of the three inner circle of disciples. He walked on water for a little bit of time. He confessed that Jesus was the Messiah and son of the living God. He denied Jesus three times. And then on the sea, shores of the Sea of Galilee, he was reinstated by a resurrected Jesus to feed his sheep. Now it's interesting all the letters written in the New Testament, and there are 21 of them. Most of them are done by Paul. And they are to very specific people, very specific churches, and very specific cities, but Peter's are not. First Peter and second Peter are written to all believers everywhere because they had been scattered out of Jerusalem because of persecution. And he starts his letter off that way. He says to the exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Kind of like we're scattered 
So take a moment now, as I put up the map of where they were scattered, type in, in the chat, where you're scattered to. Let's see where we are. Thank you for doing that. So we are physically scattered, aren't we? And my prayer is that as we spend four weeks in First Peter, we hear what he was telling them who are so scattered and it teaches us today. So after his greeting, Peter says in his letter, and David read it to us. Thank you, David, for doing that. He says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like the scattered Christians in Peter's day, they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what their future held. And time from time, we struggle probably to praise God. Yet Peter tells us, this is how it all starts. Praise God. And how do we do this in our scattered world? I think verse 3 tells us that. In his great mercy, that's God's, he has given us new birth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, Jesus refers to being born again in his conversation with Nicodemus when he was alive on earth, didn't he? And so this new birth from Jesus' resurrection, I believe Peter gives to us two results, two benefits. Why? How this transforms us that makes such a difference as we live this scattered life. The first one is we have new birth into living hope. Living hope. This living hope is not dependent on what's happening around us, where we're living, how scattered we feel. Nothing in our outward circumstances changes this living hope. This hope is not static. It's living, dynamic, vital. It's like the living waters. It reminds me of Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. And may we you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Living hope, overflowing, never-ending never changes. So I want you to answer this question for yourself right now. Today, I am hoping for tomorrow. I am hoping for this week coming up. I am hoping for now think about your answers. Are they hopes? Are they wishes? I hope it doesn't rain today. I hope COVID disappears. I hope my lunch comes soon. I'm getting hungry. I hope my boss is nicer this week. These are wishes because we don't know if they're going to happen or not. It would be really nice if they did. They'd make me very happy if they did, but there's no guarantee. These are not living hope. I hope that does not change. Later on in this chapter of Peter, he says a couple of things that are important here. Through him, Jesus Christ, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Our living God, our living hope is in our living God. God, our rock, never changes. Our living hope is imperishable and never changes. This living hope, our hope, only makes sense because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, what we say we hope for is just a wish. 
See, the Greek for this living hope is eager, confident, and expectant. See the difference? Our living hope exists because the resurrection does not change. And therefore, our living hope does not change. As R.C. Sproul puts it, he's an American theologian and pastor. Hope is called the anchor of the soul. That's what Hebrews 6.19 says. Because it gives stability to the Christian life. But hope is not simply a wish. Rather, it is that which latches on to the certainty of the promises of the future that God has made. Latches on to the certainty of the promises of the future that God has made. This living hope, you see, is rooted in the past since we receive it in new birth from Jesus' resurrection. This living hope is in the present now because it's right here with us. And you know, it's also in the future because another benefit that we receive with our new birth is the promise of eternal life with him. In verse four, it says, we have our new birth from live and we get living hope. We have our new birth and we get an internal inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. So our new birth brings us into a heavenly inheritance that cannot change. Versions of this are said four times in this short little passage. This week, Pastor Hojan sent me a devotional that was on this theme, and I really appreciated it. It's always good to read a variety of things when you're trying to hear what God wants his word to be spoken. And I love this quote from it. It's by Paul Tripp, and it says, We all suffer from eternity amnesia. We have eternity amnesia. We forget. We forget that we have this eternal inheritance and that does not change. It's kept in heaven for us. It will not perish, spoil, or fade like things on earth do, like the things you value. I have a wonderful statue from my grandmother. My name's on the bottom of it. When she uh, moved out of her home, she gave some things to her 15, 16 grandchildren she had. And I love it. And I cherish it. And it's probably been around for about 100 years. And someday it will be lost. It will be destroyed. It will perish. Even masterpieces, their paint fades. Think of over time in the last few years, the Mona Lisa and even the Last Supper have come out of view because they're trying to restore it to the original color. It's faded. The Roman Colosseum crumbled. The Titanic, that when it was built in 1909 to 1911, the shipbuilder magazine of the day said it was practically unsinkable. It sank. The Third Reich, created to last a thousand years, did not. You can look around your place at your precious items. But Peter tells us, our eternal inheritance will never perish, spoil, or fade. Never perish. It will never be touched by death. Never spoil. Never be rotten or defiled by sin. Never fade. Like carpets, colors, like colors on clothes and paintings, even friendships can slowly disappear but not our eternal inheritance. It's death-proof, sin-proof, age-proof. You know, it's also fail-proof because it's in heaven being protected by God's power. With the believers scattered, gone from their country, 
into unknown countries. Peter reminds them to be loyal to God's kingdom. That's where they live. The kingdom now and the kingdom to come, our eternal inheritance. Likewise, we are called to be loyal to God's kingdom, the kingdom right now and the kingdom to come. Earthly things pass away. Peter calls on Isaiah later in this chapter, and he says, all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord endures forever. You think back to the beginning of the Gospel of John, he refers to Jesus as the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus, his resurrection, our new birth, our living hope and our eternal inheritance endure forever. Remember in John later, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but shall have eternal life. This cannot change. So as scattered people, we hang on to these truths we try to live out these truths because they do not change. We have a living hope, an eternal inheritance. So what do we do with this? Well, Paul recognized what's going on with the scattered people then, and God recognizes what's going on with us scattered people now. So Peter expands on this very well in the next few verses. And also what you're going to hear in the next three following weeks, verse 6 and 7. He writes, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, the greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. It matters because when we enter into griefs over trials we go through, we persevere. In this short letter of 1 Peter, he mentions suffering 16 times. See, grief is a word I have often used over the last number of months as we've been scattered. And Peter doesn't say, don't grieve. That's an emotion we need to work through. But we need to look further than the grief of the trials right now. As Jesus said to his disciples, in this world you may have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We dwell in living hope and eternal inheritance because of our new birth, which gives us our confidence and conviction to persevere through the trials. And Paul also talks about this in 2 Corinthians. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and monetary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs it all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. It matters because our faith is being refined like gold. The impurities burned away and the genuineness of our faith being proven, being revealed. There's a handful of scriptures in the Bible that talk about us being refined by God like silver or gold. 
We need to be purged. We need to let go of the impurities so that we are able to grow our faith. Our journey in our faith will grow and result in praise and glory and honor when our eternal inheritance appears with Jesus Christ. Peter continues in verses eight and nine. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This living hope and the eternal inheritance from our new birth matter because even though we never see Jesus, we love him and we believe in him. In John 20, 29, Jesus says, after he's resurrected, because you have seen me, you believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet do believe. That's us. That brings inexpressible and glorious joy. Think back to the sermon series we just ended about joy out of Philippians. With living hope and eternal inheritance from our new birth, it's beyond our earthly hope, what we wish for, and the inheritance on earth will fade away. Joy is not based on what you have, your circumstances, but in our new birth and our unchanging living hope and eternal inheritance, we have inexpressible joy. We can't do it with earthly words. It's too glorious to fully express. And the last verse that David wrote, read to us, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The salvation of your souls. Now in our scattered world, we may find ourselves focusing on the trials, on the immediate, forgetting the living hope and the eternal inheritance we've received with our new birth. When we think things are changing in our very changing world, we think our hope is changing, our inheritance is changing. Sometimes we scatter, we focus on being scattered, not being part of the kingdom. So how do we change our thoughts, our actions, our words? We go back to where Peter started, our new birth from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember the resurrection. Before Jesus was crucified, he said he would be crucified, dead, and three days later, he would be resurrected. And it happened. This cannot change. Remember the resurrection. Jesus defeated sin and he defeated death. This cannot change. Remember the resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead, was raised up to heaven. This cannot change. Remember the resurrection that brought us new birth. This cannot change. Remember the resurrection. It brought you and I into living hope and eternal inheritance. This cannot change. Join a 242 team to devote yourself to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. This is what new birth, the living hope, and eternal inheritance draws us to. From the words of Peter to the scattered church, in this scattered time, when the griefs of trials and refinement of our faith happens, remember the resurrection. Remember the new birth this brings and remember the living hope and the eternal inheritance from this new birth. This cannot change. Let us pray. 
eternal God, keep reminding us that who you are, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the new birth that brought, and the new hope and the eternal inheritance we have because of that, cannot change. Ever. Help us to keep focusing on that. Not on our immediate circumstances, but on you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.